Welcome to Netfront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon, the Post Dispatch, joined by our beat reporters Jim Thomas and Tom Timmerman. Well, JT, all things at some point come to an end, and so it was for the Blues' winning streak and their streak of games with four or more goals. Kind of got bogged down against Boston. Really rough second period. Uh, kind of stabilized in the third, but just didn't really, just didn't have it last night. JT. No, I. Uh... After the Buchnevich goal gave uh, the Blues a one to nothing lead, I turned to Tom and said, they're never going to lose again. The Blues will never lose again. So I'm afraid I jinxed it. But, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I, you know, their fourth uh, game in six days, Boston had not played uh, since Saturday afternoon, so they were well-rested. And uh, uh, they, they, from late in the second, kind of on in, I mean, late in the first, kind of on into the second, uh, the Blues just looked uh, – they look tired, you know, and uh, Boston normally is a team that doesn't give up a lot of goals, and, and it showed the Blues, as Tom uh, noted in his, in his uh, uh, game story. They, the Blues really, they didn't have a ton of chances. So uh, uh, maybe more of what we're going to see in the playoffs. You know, I think we all expect the defense to just overall to, to tighten up, but uh, uh, maybe a little bit more of a, a playoff uh, type of contest. Yeah, and I think also they just kind of paid the price for that game against Nashville on Sunday where it's like, hey, we can score goals. We'll score goals doing everything we can. They had as many bad passes that were just not going anywhere last night. Uh, you know, they, they found a lot of empty space uh, with their pucks last night and not not a good thing. They put some also then right on Bruins sticks. It was it was not a it was not a focused game. And yeah, clearly, you know, they're they're a worn out team. Um, but it's probably, as Ryan O'Reilly said, you know, a good, good to have a game like this and it kind of, kind of reset things, but they don't get any breaks. They're This is going to be a busy road trip for them with a lot of miles to cover and a lot of games to play. Yeah. Let's touch on the Nashville game just for a second, JT, because, uh, it was just one of those games where, uh, you know, Nashville wasn't good and, uh, and everything the blues did worked. This is one of those, just one of those days. And they, it just was too easy to Tom's point. You had a game where it was just flat out too easy. Then you come in against the Boston team, shorthanded on the road, played a smart, shorthanded on the road, playoffs getting close type of game. And, uh, you know, it, it, in a sense, it kind of gives the team a chance to take corrective action because it was just it was just too easy against Nashville. Fun to watch, but I, I guess the coach, you can, do you think the Chiefs standing there on the bench thinking, oh, yeah, this is not good. <laughs> this is, this is going to, I'm going to have to reprogram the guys after this one. You mean when they're scoring seven goals in the second period? I, I don't know if yeah. he was exactly saying that, but uh, you could see maybe with all those goals, maybe maybe a few uh, bad habits uh, 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 creeping in. And, and even uh, defensively at the end of the, the Minnesota game the, uh, 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 the, the, the day before. And I, and I think that's happened more than once. They start scoring a lot of goals, and maybe the goals cover up some, some other deficiency or some sloppiness that crops up in the, uh, in their, uh, in their play. But uh, yeah, that was, uh, that, that was uh, an incredible second period. I think the, I think if the blues were motivated in the third period and, and I guess it's sportsmanship uh, you know, they, 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 they backed off on offense while, you know, they, they, they still played uh, good defense. I, I, I think they easily could have got maybe 10, 11, maybe even 12, 12 goals against Nashville, but uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. You could see maybe, maybe some, some bad habits crop up and it, it got him against, uh, it got him against uh, Boston. So yeah, maybe in the big picture, it, it's a good thing, but you know, uh, they still come out of it with a point. They have their, their point streak uh, intact and uh, at what, 13 games. And uh, you know, they, they clinched at least third place in the central. So they don't have to worry about, and it was inevitable, but they don't have to worry about wild card status uh, facing Colorado or, or Calgary in the opening round. So they have only one thing to left to do. That's, that's try to clinch second. And uh, that may come right down to the end and it may reach the point where uh, the team thinks, so how much energy are we going to expend for this just to get a seventh game at home? If there is a seventh game in the series so that that kind of remains to be seen. Yeah. It, you wonder if it would be good for these guys to be able to give starters or regulars a, a break or less ice time to get Bennington in another game uh, here along this stretch, um, you know, or if they're going to fight down to the last game uh, for that, for that home ice, uh, because it, it, you know, at this point, unless they, unless one of these teams hits a slump, which they have shown no signs of doing um, it's, it's going to be a, uh, it, it's going to come down to the end just because they're tied. Uh, on points so it's 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 going to happen so yeah that's going to be a, something that the, they're going to have to weigh but I, I think it's kind of a staring contest and I don't I don't don't think the blues are going to be the first ones to say nah we'll we'll we're good on third uh, so uh, I gotta and I don't know the Minnesota is going to so this could very much end up um, you know not being good for both teams because they're going to be fighting right they're going to be one of the few teams in the NHL fighting down on the last day of the season with something at stake. Yeah, in the wild, man, they uh, you know they just uh, they just don't lose, and and you know Cam Talbot uh, is has played well, gets a shutout. Of course, it's a mismatch against Montreal. They've been alternating him and Mark Andre Fleury, which is a real nice thing to have. Uh, you have to pick one uh, going into the postseason, but neither guy is getting too much work. Uh, but uh, you know they had Matt Dumba out with an injury, so he'll he should have fresh legs when he gets back. Uh, I, yeah, it's just there's no give in Minnesota, and you know this is their year. They've got it. They've got to do it this year. Um, they are all in this season. Who knows what happens after the season because of the cap and and maybe uh, you know JT. Maybe they're just a more motivated team to try to to try to, you know at least heading into the postseason. Just because there's got to be a level of uh, I wouldn't say desperation, but um, you know real uh, real focus on making this year count. Well, and. I think if you put the true sermon in the blues, I don't, I don't think it bothers them that much to, if they, if, if that seventh game has to, to be on the road, uh, uh, you know, they had trouble winning on the road uh, for, for much of the season, at least, you know, they were just a little over 500, but they, they've been doing just tremendously on the road here lately. And so I, I, I don't think the, you know, the, the blues are saying all the right things. Yeah. We got to get home ice. I, if, if they ended up having to play on the road, uh, in the, in the opening round, uh, I don't, I don't think they'd, uh, uh, they'd mind that. Uh, I mean, it, all they have to do is look back to the, uh, the path in 2019, you know, when they, uh, they opened at, uh, uh, Winnipeg and Winnipeg was a higher seed, but it, it never got to a seventh game because the, the blues won that in six. Now saying all that, you know, the XL center is, uh, it's a tough place to play. And Minnesota actually has a little bit better record than the, uh, 
uh, home record than, 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 than the Blues have, and the Blues have an excellent home record. So, you know, be, be careful what you wish for. If you think, ah, it's no big deal uh, to play there. And they haven't experienced it this year. Let's keep that in mind. Uh, they played Minnesota only three times uh, instead of the, the normal four, a, a little scheduling uh, 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 fluke, I guess you'd call it, because uh, uh, the addition of, uh, uh, of Arizona as an eight team to the Central. And, and the one game they did play up there was, was outdoors in the, uh, in the Winter Classic. Yeah, um, yeah, and they would probably have a whole lot more incentive to want home ice if that first round was going to be like a trip to Calgary or you know Edmonton, some long uh, slog they were going to have to make St. Paul easy enough to get to. But, you know, it looks like we may have one of those situations again with the way the Western Conference playoffs shake out that the, like the second and third best records in the West are could meet in the first round in the Blues and the Wild if they end up ahead of Calgary. Um, and one of the one of the three best teams in the conference could be out. Will definitely be out uh, in the uh, in the first round if it uh, holds up that way. Well, the uh, let's let's look at some positives here. The um, Jordan Cairo, he's back. JT, he's back <laughs> among the living. And uh, of course, nice play against the Bruins uh, on you know with a no look pass across the ice, but. Just getting him back one more weapon, you know, they're racking up all these high scoring games and weren't getting much out of Jordan Cairo, but uh, that has, uh, he's back and, uh, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And if he gets hot, my goodness, uh, uh, look out. Uh, it's amazing. The, the, uh, the motivational, uh, ploys and tools that, uh, uh, Craig Berube uses for one. And we all know this, he has no problem, uh, talking about players shortcomings, uh, to the media and we appreciate it, but, uh, uh, you know, and he does it in a way, you know, without name calling and, and whatnot, although he, uh, and, 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 and without, uh, being too mean, although the, the, uh, what was it the night in, uh, Edmonton, uh, he, you can tell he was pretty, pretty frustrated with, uh, with Jordan Bennington and, and also just, just some of the, the methods he used. I mean, here you have, an all-star, Jordan Cairo, NHL's fastest man, and all of a sudden he's playing on the fourth line. So that was definitely a message, and it was definitely a message received by uh, uh, by Cairo. And yeah, it's it, it it was good to see him going. And uh, you know he 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 skated okay. I thought uh, I thought last night, but uh, uh, yeah, it, it it to have him uh, going again with that group of. Uh, of scores they have is uh, can, can only help the team. Yeah, he had, he had some chances last night, and um, which in a different day and age he might have finished. You know, I was just looking at numbers, and the Blues are going to have three guys finish, probably two guys, definitely, possibly a third, finish at a point a game uh, this season: Thomas Tarasenko and Buchnevich. And you know, who would have thought way back early season that Kairou wouldn't be one of them? Kairou was the guy running away with the points lead on this team. Uh, and now it's not going to be the case, but they need him because if this is going to be, you know, we've seen the three lines, three good lines on this team. And if Kairou's not contributing, it shifts more back to being a two line team. Um, though Braden Shen has been, has been going pretty well right now lately too. And, and so does Ivan Barbashev, but Kairou gives you that third line that really has to be dealt with by another team. And, you know, right now that's the line that's going to get chances 
uh, in the postseason, you would think as teams match up uh, pairings and lines. JT, another matchup uh, nightmare uh, for teams lately, and it's been that way for a while, is teams trying to stop the Blues in the power play. They uh, All of this offensive depth has given them, um, you know, two groups that can really play. And, and it just was so many guys who can see the ice and so many guys that are in a good place offensively. You know, there's so much creativity and skill, but the guys are in a good place uh, with their game. The, the way Gucinavich sees the ice, you know, the way Tarasenko is shooting and passing, he's back. And, you know, the way that Falk and, and Krug have played now that Tori's back. It, it just, it's, uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how teams approach this in the postseason. Can you really be that aggressive against the Blues? Because you start getting, you start running around against them. If they start beating your pressure, um, boy, the, the, this team could really make it hurt. Yeah, no, and, and I think that's the key, what you said right at the top. They have two units, really, as we look at it at practice and, and you know, uh, regularly uh, the chief will tweak it uh, here or there depending on different things. But it's like, okay, which is the first unit and which is the second unit? And I, I just wonder if there's another team in the league that can, uh, that can say that. They're at 27% now, and it looks like they have a really good chance now. It looks like they're going to set the record the franchise record, at least since the, the NHL has, has kept power play efficiency. The blues record is 24.6% and they're at 27%. So, and, and they've, they've had so many power plays that, that it, it, it would take, you know, a O for whatever slump to, 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 to knock it down noticeably. So I think they're going to set a record for power play uh, uh, efficiency and, uh, you know, with Krug back, you really notice nothing against Letty because he was fine on the power play. But with Krug back, you really notice just how he moves the puck around, maybe quicker than than anybody else that they have, uh, you know, uh, quarterbacking. You, you, you have those just those two excellent guys on the flanks, on the half walls and Perron and and uh, and, and Tarasenko. And, and they have so much depth that, you know, Saad is like, He's like the 11th man. He's like a, a sixth man in basketball when it comes to the uh, power play. A lot of times uh, he doesn't start off on the power play and then, then he works his way in, at least, you know, when they're, when they're at full health and have everybody available. Yeah. And they're working the puck to get more one-timers and, and that's where I think you get the goals there. You know, the, the, the more it's the adventures of the cross ice pass uh, through the slot, but uh, you know, when they can pull that off, and they get uh, Tarasenko or Perron just letting it rip uh, on a one-timer. That's, uh, that's been very good news for that unit, for those units, I should say. You know, we don't see with this group, um, because the three lines are so good, if you're a fourth-line guy, and unless it's back-to-back games and you, you've scored a, uh, a boatload of goals against the team and so you can spread the minutes around, it, it's tough to stay engaged on the fourth line, but it is interesting to watch um, you know, the rotation with injuries and such that we've seen and uh, uh, also back among the living and showing a little bit here and there is D- Dakota Joshua, who uh, played his way back to the AHL earlier this year by not being robust enough. JT, is he, it's hard to tell because there's not a lot of ice time, but is he's had a few moments here now where we noticed uh, Dakota. Yeah, and that, that's the tease with him is can, can he uh... – sustain that i mean he he certainly brings physical play 
fairly strong on the uh, on the puck. He he needs to look to shoot more. Again, not not that he's Jordan Cairo or anything, but even on the fourth line, occasionally you have to try to score. And I think Torbchenko looks for a shot more and gets more opportunities. Again, Torbchenko not a a, a natural score uh, per se. But that's the thing with Joshua having staying power. Remember the last time he was sent down, uh, Baruby said he just didn't move the needle enough, you know, as the games went on. So that's kind of the uh, uh, kind of the question here. It's kind of the uh, taste great, less filling, I guess, debate or <laughs> Coke Zero, natural Coke. Is it Tarpchenko or Joshua? You know, and then Tarpchenko. Uh, uh, has missed a couple of games taking that puck off the uh, off the leg there, but uh, he, he'll be on the trip and it will skate. And, and uh, Baruby said he anticipates that he'll have an opportunity to play on the the, the team. So, uh, you know, will uh, will it be Tarpchenko or Joshua uh, Blues fans? Who, who would you want uh, on on that fourth line? I, I still think I'm uh, I'm leaning to uh, to Tarpchenko, but you know, watching that Boston game and it seemed like so much of a kind of a playoff style of game, very physical. I was look, kind of the fourth line was out there. I'm like, these guys are going to be out there. They're going to be out there in an elimination game. And, and this is who you got to, you got to go with. So you got to be sure you got the right guys out there. Yeah. And, and with the injuries, we've seen kind of almost a, a retooling of the, of the fourth line here with McEachern's out. Um, Torobchenko's out. We're seeing Joshua. Joshua getting to play on the wing this time rather than the center because they got Brown in the middle. In the past, Joshua's had to be the center. So maybe, I don't know if that's freeing him up a little to, to do a little more with the reduced defensive responsibilities. But, um, you know, and, and they're going to get Tyler Bozak back at some point. Does he fit into this group? Uh, it's how much of a mix and match situation is this line going to be? And again, we're starting to find an identity, and now – you know, the people that gave it the identity aren't always there, but it's still making its mark. So there's about six options for that group come playoff time. And since it'll be the playoffs and there's no cap, they should all be there if they're healthy. So there will be, there will be choices. You know, JT, while it seems like uh, I'm with you on uh, Torbchenko, he just, his size and the fact he's, you know, he hits and he, and he throws pucks to the net seems like he's a no brainer uh, to, to get a shot on the wing in the, in the postseason. But uh, where are, where are the uh, the beat guys with uh, Logan Brown? I think he's he's tried to adapt to a role that um, you know is is not what he grew up playing. I mean, this is a guy that was an offensive player, but has struggled to find his spot in the NHL on any sort of regularity. Uh, his opportunity with this team right now is to fill in on the fourth line. He's a big guy. Uh, not overly physical, um, certainly not not fast, but he can use his size along the wall uh, if he's engaged. So where are we with Logan? What's the what's the sense? Is he doing enough? Uh, to Tom's point, once there's choices, will he be one of the choices? Well, that's the question. I think if Bozak, uh, if he's healthy and can play, I think you have to get him in a couple games just to kind of get him game ready and see what he brings. Now, uh, on the fourth line, uh, Bozak, for, for, all the, for all the just the great things he's done with the Blues over the, 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 the four years he's been here, it just doesn't seem like he's adapted well himself to that fourth uh, line role, uh, lesser minutes and, and whatnot. But still, a guy with his experience, uh, with his savvy, and, and the fact that at least 
the three previous years, he was their second best faceoff man behind O'Reilly. I, you think you would want that in a, in a playoff situation. Now, Bozak hasn't had a, had a, had a good faceoff year at all this year, but in the past, he certainly has. So I think that's what you got to weigh, Jeff. You got to weigh, uh, are we going to go with Bozak centering that line? Are we going to go with Brown? And Brown's been a little better to me. I mean, he's been a little bit more noticeable, but, you know, we, we've talked about this before at the net front where uh, Baruby does a great job with these players trying to establish themselves of kind of giving them a roadmap. Here's what you have to do to establish yourself in the league. And with Brown, it's the wall play, as you mentioned, and the net front. And he's gotten better on the wall play. Still haven't seen a whole lot of him at the net front, though, so. I, I think I'd take take a look at Bozak for a couple of games here just 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 to see what uh, what that looks like. I, I think the Blues need to get a hold, talk to people in Buffalo, and get Don Granado to do a Tage Thompson on Logan Brown and uh, reform him into whatever, being a guy limping along in the NHL to uh, a guy scoring thirty goals. If uh, I don't, if that if they could do that, if they could pull that off, that'd be something that I you know I. I'd, going to be tough to happen but um yeah you know brown you see him at times and and you don't at others but it also i mean yeah they get such limited ice time last night they were playing about seven minutes in the whole game um and and he's and he does some good things out there um you know it it is i I don't know if he's ultimately the guy i mean i you know they get more out of nathan walker they get more out of torpchenko but uh you know Brown is going to be a guy that's that's got potential, and the question is, you know, when does the clock run out on that? Yeah, because uh, you know, at some point, I think because he's on a low, you know, low pay, yeah, I think he probably has one more run as a depth guy, and that's it. And then after that, it's like, you know, do you want to play in Switzerland? You know, keep going, and uh, because he's, he's just got to adapt to the as best he can to the pace, either the. the pace with his feet, which is a challenge or the pace with the physical play, which, you know, he should be able to, to do. He's got the size to do it. He just had, just has to do it. So, uh, you know, the other thing is that with, with Joshua, the thing that intrigued me was he could win some draws defensively. I don't know. I can't speak to how adept he is in terms of his coverage. There's so much more responsibility when you're in the middle and on the wing, he can just run around and hit people, which is, you know, he seemed to embrace. So I, I'm, to me, he was a bit of a disappointment that he couldn't project into that role and uh, and give him speed, physicality, and maybe some some faceoff ability as that fourth guy. But clearly, uh, it's still an unanswered question. Um, JT, one one uh, question that's gotten answered to a degree is Jordan Bennington. Um, believe it or not, there was a moment in that game, if you think about it, in Nashville, where he had to make a big save, and he did. And of course, the rest of the game was history. But there was a moment where he had to play well and he did. And now he's gotten his feet under him a bit. Uh, This is good for the blues. Doesn't really change the equation at the moment, but uh, the fact that he's been able to uh, win some games and, uh, and give Huso some rest and at least gives the team some assurance that if things go bad in the playoffs, that they can give him a shot. Yeah. And first off, before we get into that, just a word about Callie Rosen in, uh, in what universe were we living where <laughs> Callie Rosen turned into us to a, uh, to a sniper. I mean, that was, uh, that was pretty amazing. You made me think of him because after that big save on Roman Yossi, that's when the, uh, the blues had that, uh, odd man rush and, uh, 
two assists from Tarasenko to Callie Rosen here. Callie Rosen and Vladdy Tarasenko is, is feeding you the puck for, for a couple of goals. That's, that's, uh, and maybe that explains why Callie Rosen scored because, uh, uh, Tarasenko was on the other side. Maybe, maybe the defense was, was, uh, looking at him, but yeah, yeah. We, we've talked a lot about how Bennington needed to stack up some wins and now it's just three, but he has stacked up a few. He'll get at least one more start. I would think he'd get probably two. And uh, at least that gives Chief some reassurance. But I agree with you, Jeff. I, I think Huso's earned the right to at least open uh, the playoffs. But, uh, you know, again, it's just three games. But, uh, you know, as you said, it, it does look like Bennington has uh, he's kind of settled down and reestablished himself to a degree anyway. Yeah, it's 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 Huso's net. Um, yeah, can they get they almost would have to play Bennington, I think, in San Jose in the opener in the back-to-backs, I, I would be a stretch to see them putting Bennington out against Colorado in that last game. Um, but, um, but we'll see how that uh, plays out. Yeah. You, you know, it's as much the Bennington's confidence in himself as the blues confidence in Bennington. But if we got into a situation, situation like in the Edmonton bubble against Vancouver, where um, Bennington struggled and they went to Jake Allen for a couple of games, um, you know, could we see that if it got to that? Um, it's certainly possible now, uh, the way Bennington has played. All right, last thing here on the net front is, uh, you know, looking at the uh, playoff scenario uh, in the West, uh, as we've discussed, it's going to be the Wild against the Blues. That's going to be that, – that has been decided. Uh, interesting that, uh, you know, and I wrote about this uh, today because it's one of my favorite topics, the, <laughs> the head-scratching Vegas Golden Knights. But – uh, you know, injuries clearly have, you know, ruined their season, but it wasn't like they were going to be able to use all these players at the same time at any point uh, anyway under the cap. Um, this is going to be a big story because L.A. wins another game. That loss that Vegas had to the Devils was just deadly. And now with, um, you know, Nashville and Dallas playing well and L.A. looking serious about getting into the bracket, they are um, – you know, they're, they're JT, they're, they're just loaded team with a hundred million dollar payroll. As Daryl Sutter says, is, is staring in the face of, uh, of, uh, elimination from the playoffs. Yeah, it really, as we sit here and I've thought this for, for, for a little bit, although Vegas subsequently showed some signs of life, it doesn't look like they're going to make it. The Kings have an easier schedule. That was also a big win for Nashville last night, winning the shootout against Calgary because Nashville of all those kind of wild cards and teams still trying to get in. In, in, in the West, uh, they, they have the toughest, uh, uh, they have the toughest schedule and oh my goodness. Uh, I was watching that, uh, that Jersey Vegas game and, uh, who got beaten and beaten badly for the winning goal was, uh, Alex Petrangelo, the man who Jeff Gordon says no longer should be considered for a statue outside of enterprise center since, since he left. But, uh, yeah, it was Petro that, that they gotten, uh, they got beat for the, uh, for the goal. And, uh, the fans, I mean, it's not like they were booing, but you did that boy, they, they seemed uh, kind of shocked to lose to Jersey and maybe to realize that the, uh, the joy ride uh, may be over at least, at least for this season. Yeah. And then in the off season, who, who do they get rid of? They got to move somebody, either, either they got to move somebody with a big contract or they're going to put 12 guys on the ice uh, in most games because there's just no other way around it. So that will be uh, interesting to see how that, how this all shakes out and, and who's on the market. You would think Dadanoff's going to be gone, but uh, there's other guys that are going to, they'll, 
they'll have to move to make this work because also there's going to be another bright shiny object that's going to come along that uh that vegas is going to go with it oh, matthew kachak how about him why not let's add another 10 million dollar guy yeah, and it just, you know, not not to keep picking on the same guy because Robin Leonard's been through a lot. And, you know, I respect the man for beating his issues and being uh, open about trying to help others deal with issues that could, you know, ruin lives, not to mention, you know, ruin careers. So he, he, is, a, he is a good story. Uh, having said that, as a goaltender, when you have Marc-Andre Fleury, who's a cup winner, who's popular, face of the franchise, I just keep coming back to why did you, why would you create that situation? JT, you have, you have a guy that everybody loves and he's a pretty good player. And I don't know. I, of all the things they did, that one to me makes, made the least sense just because of how popular uh, Mark Andre was. And, and, you know, even if he struggles, he's got, he's got such weight in that room uh, with that group and in that community. I mean, my goodness. And, and then they, they just end up giving this guy away. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that was my first, that was kind of my first, uh, and a knee jerk reaction was like, did they keep the wrong goalie? And okay. Flurry, it looks like he's, he's, you know, he's kind of getting close to the twilight of the career, but besides all the, the characteristics he brings in the room, he's uh, he's got a few pelts on the wall in terms of his, his playoff uh, pedigree and Leonard has, really kind of never been the guy, at least, you know, like a 55 start guy. So that, that was puzzling. And uh, will it come back to bite him in the, uh, uh, well, I almost said in the playoffs, they, they may not get to the playoffs. Yeah. It's as though Vegas thought that Leonard was like, there's going to be this once in a generation player and, and he was on the market and Fleury's shelf life was limited and we got a strike now. But as we've seen with goalies, who knows what's going to happen? Philip Grubauer? I don't know. You know, Kemper instead, you know, it turns out to be the smart play. You never know with goalies. And um, so, but they seem to felt, you know, that they'd be missing a golden opportunity if they didn't get Leonard when in fact they probably could have waited on that. Yeah. You, you don't know in goal, um, you know, Frederick Anderson could win a Stanley cup for Carolina. Right. I mean, they, they had two pretty good goalies and said, no, no, we'll, <laughs> we'll go do something else. Never mind about those guys. We'll just, we'll try something else. And, and Toronto's like, well, we've we've run our course with Freddie. God bless him. And Carolina says, I think we could win with him. So yeah, so it's hard to. And then who figured out Billy? Who figured Billy Huso to be the star for the Blues? So there you go. It is mm -hmm. a strange world. You just don't you don't want to go out of your way to bring in a guy and to make that gamble um, unless, unless you're really sure. So uh, Vegas uh, screwed that up among many other things. Well, that's what about Seattle? I would say, what about Seattle, which could have taken either Tarasenko or oh. Billy Huso in the expansion draft? Oh, I know. And, and you just kept thinking, you know, and Vince Dunn's fine for them. And, but uh, yeah, you know, and Billy, cause he just, he had been, uh, his, his career had just been uh, interrupted and uh, his development had been stagnant. And so, and now he's, he's fine and he looks super confident and uh, you know, he looks like he's the guy they'll have to figure out something with Bennington. Some other team will be, trying to figure out if that's a worthy gamble. Maybe, you know what? Maybe Vegas wants Bennington, right? <laughs> Petro puts a good word in for him, right? They could just wedge that money in the cap somehow. Sure, sure. All right. All right. Well, that's it for the net front for this edition. Uh, next week, man, we'll be getting close to the playoffs. This is going to start getting real. So we appreciate uh, JT and Tom taking time to uh, chat some hockey. A reminder that all of our podcasts, along with all these videos and all this cool stuff, Available on stltoday.com. Just a ton of content 
and our digital product. And so subscribe to our print product, subscribe to our digital product, listen to our podcast, look at our videos, support local journalism. Until next time, for Jim Thomas, Tom Timmerman, I'm Jeff Gordon. See ya. Thank you.